Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Dug Up and Dusted Off. I am your host, Jim McRae, and today is a great day to discover how to live your best life, reach for the stars, and achieve the impossible. Remember, when anything or anyone has tried to bury you, it's time to dig yourself up, dust off, and learn to live again. It's so good to have you with us today. I am Jim McRae. I'm your host of Dug Up and Dusted Off. And again, just another welcome. I hope you are having a great week. And as always, if life or someone or something has tried to bury you, this is a great place to uh, dust off, dig yourself back up, get up again, and start uh, moving forward into a new life. And so again, we we couldn't be more happy that you're here. Uh, You know, one thing that we want to talk about today is, uh, you know, I, I started to think about you know, there's so many people, I was talking to somebody the other day, there's so many people that are just uh, not happy where they are. And, you know, you, you you look at people in the workforce and this person just could not figure out how to, you know, find something that, that gave them joy. And, uh, you know, I, I'm a pastor and I, you know, I've been a church leader for over 25 years now and I've, I've really... It came after a lot of searching to understand that that's where I needed to be. It it took a lot of mistakes. It took a lot of, um, you know, I mean, just a, a, a lot of sticking my toe into a pond uh, that I thought might be a, something I wanted to do and then changing that and, and moving to another place. And so it was a, a lot of trial and error. But I, I did land on the thing that I know that I was born to do and called to do. Now, none of that stuff is easy, but I, I, I couldn't help but think of this parable that Jesus talks about. He talks about the the the, the talents, the parable of the talents. And just to summarize, that can be found in Matthew 25, uh, verses 14. But it, it, it's, it's a pretty simple uh, parable. And, and what it talks about is a master going away. And before he goes away, he gives three servants talents, you know, um, that he wants them to use uh, while he is gone. And, and the whole point of this is that, you know, he comes back and discovers that two of them One's been given five, another, I think, three or two, and then one's been given one. But the first two used the talents in a very powerful way. They they return the talents plus more back to the master. And the last one is literally said, you know, look, I, I knew you were a harsh man. I knew that you were, you know, a, a shrewd business person. So I buried your talent. And I'm giving you back what you gave me. So he gives him back the one talent that he started out with. Well, the master is furious. And, you know, he he gives the ones that had produced more talents even more. But he takes away the talent from that one person and actually casts him out because he did not use his talent. And uh, he he said, at least you could have put it in a bank and it would have given interest, you know. I mean, you, you did absolutely nothing with it. And so I, I look at this, and, and I understand a couple of things from this. And I think we could we can learn something from this because it's important because there's so many people right now that are literally in 
jobs that are in places of worship, uh, work that are just not happy, and and they're afraid to make a move. And and here's the thing: is that every time we uh, like the first two guys in this parable, the, you know, th- they were able to use their talents and use them powerfully. And again, this is a metaphor, not only, you know, really for the gifts that God has given us, the purpose that he has, has created us for. You know, and there are a lot of people in this world, just like those two two men, that use their gifts, use their purpose in powerful ways. I mean, whether they're, you know, working outside as a farmer or whether they're a chemist and changing the world, okay, a biochemist that changes the world and discovers the cure for cancer. Whatever it is, they have been gifted with something and they've chosen to use it to the best of their abilities. And, And yet there is another subset of people that like that one person that was given one talent, Barry, their talents, bury their gifts, don't use their purpose, uh, or choose not to use it, or just haven't discovered it yet. And and we find a lot of people in that situation, okay? Now, for me, it, it, it was, you know, I had gifts to, to sell, I had gifts to convince people to buy a product, I had all these gifts, and I was using those gifts. I was making comfortable living, living, started a business, did all that stuff, but I was never satisfied. I always saw something more. And this was the key thing that I had. The only way I really discovered it was there was, a, first of all, a burning in my heart that I knew there had to be something more to life. That first was it. That was first God speaking to my heart. And then there was a desire to discover what that was and how I fit into it. But that came after a lot of talking to God, a lot of searching, and a lot of soul searching. And what what it really boiled down to was me making a visit to visit my grandfather at Emory Hospital, and he was had a heart attack. He would eventually die from it. But it was there that I discovered, you know, that I, I looked across, I looked outside the the window, and there was Eggleston Hospital. Now, Eggleston Hospital was a place that I pretty much spent most of my childhood in. With I had about 15 major surgeries and about 30 minor surgeries. All of them I had to be put to sleep for, and they all had to do with my kidneys, urological stuff inside my body. And so it was a very painful place for me to even look. I mean, I didn't even, I hadn't been there. I mean, just a lot of bad memories, a lot of hurt, a lot of pain. And I could clearly hear God saying, you need to go in. And I went in and I found myself wandering through those halls and came upon the place where we volunteer. And I asked if I could volunteer. I had to go through a process. But I started volunteering with cystic fibrosis kids. And now those cystic fibrosis kids were going to die. That, that, that is a disease that you, you do not you know, make it out of. And so uh, I tried to bring some joy and some laughter to these kids. Well, what I did was I started finding myself wanting to be there more than wanting to be in my business. And then I decided, okay, well, let me explore the ways that maybe I could help people. And again, I said, okay, maybe I'll be an EMT. 
you know? And so I got that certification and then I was like, well, no, that's not, maybe I'll be a pyramid. No, that's not it. And then I started, I continued to search and search. And then finally I said, okay, well, I'll just go be a missionary somewhere. And then I finally landed in seminary and discovered I could preach and communicate. And then I could get to help people as well. And that's where I landed. Now, even though finding where I was supposed to be and knowing what I was supposed to do from a very early age, because, you know, I just knew this was where I was going to be, you know, I can't say I chose even the right place, even in, in that vocation, you know, I probably should have started my own church then go into, to a system that, that I knew was, was not healthy. And so I, uh, I, you know, so that's, so that's how I landed. And so I guess my point of all that is to say, look, you know, a lot of this is trial and error. A lot of this is where, you know, sometimes we don't understand really what our gifting is. Sometimes we really don't understand what our gifts are and our purpose. And, and yet we have to sort to, we have to sort of go through a process. All right. Now, with that being said, I, I guarantee you a lot of us have fallen into a place because what we're told from the very beginning is we got to go make a lot of money. We got to go find a good corporation, go do that, go take care of a, have a family, go take care of it and climb the ladder. And, and I think that's all well and good, but for a lot of us, what happens is we have this gift and we have this calling and this passion. And then that gets overrun by money, um, power, success, and all these different things. And now some people have been created to be stockbrokers. Some people have been created to be doctors. Some people have been created to be farmers, some pastors, some priests, whatever it is. But I think the, the, the heartbreaking thing is this, is that when people find themselves getting swept up by what other people determine that their gifts and purpose should be, i.e., you know, parents, universities, professors, mentors, and they sort of stamp that upon your heart and you fall into it. And it's not at all what you wanted to do in the beginning, but you now you have a family, now you have responsibilities and you feel stuck. That's a difficult place to be. And then you're wondering, how do I get out? Then you're wondering, okay, man, I've now, now you're starting to identify with that one guy that buried his talent. Now you're starting to say, okay, well, I, out of fear, out of anxiety, out of uncertainty, I, I've just got to, you know, keep moving the way I'm moving. And, and then what happens is in those situations is you begin to justify your, your rut. You begin to justify the pattern you've created for your life and sort of the rent cycle you've created for your life. And now you have decided that the responsibilities that you created are now your purpose. And that's not at all the case. In fact, what you've really done is you've, um, you, you, you've traded your your gifts and your and your calling and your purpose for something the world now has you trapped in. Now there is a way out, but it's going to take courage on your part. There is a way out, but it's going to take trust and it's going to take faith and it's it's going to take a, a leap of faith for you. Because I'm going to tell you right now. I mean, Abraham at 88 
in, in the Old Testament found out what his true purpose and calling was late, late in his age. Uh, Moses, the same thing, true purpose and true calling didn't come till late, late in his age. I mean, Kentucky Fried Chicken, dude, you know, Colonel Sanders didn't find out till he was 75 or so until he created the conglomerate KFC. So there's still time, no matter how old you are or how young you are, the younger the better. But there, there's no reason why you can't take that leap of faith and produce something powerful with the rest of your life. And this is what this is what I discovered in my own life is is just like the people in the in the parable, the ones that use their talents, increase their talents, doubled their talents. And there's a metaphor there that physically they 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 increased and doubled it monetarily they they increased and doubled it but i think it's a metaphor for their heart and their joy and their spirit i mean i think that that when you're really running and where you are supposed to be when you're really doing what you're supposed to be doing there's a real joy there it, like being a pastor i mean i i i you know could pump out 80 hours a week as if it was nothing you know because that's where i knew i belonged i knew i belonged at a bedside holding somebody's hand and praying for him. I knew I belonged in the pulpit preaching passionately about the gospel. I knew I belonged uh, leading a church and helping a church body understand where it was supposed to be within the community and how it was supposed to reach out to the lost and the least. I mean, I just this is just what turned me on, and, this, and it still does. And and no matter you know what, I'm going to continue to do it. It's some shape, form, or or or, or level of of service. And, you know, and there is where, you know, you really begin to think that, that, okay, there's a correlation. When you're really in the flow of using your gifts and your service, then all of a sudden, man, you, you've really started to understand what real joy and abundance looks like. And so my conflict was early in my life when I had a business and then I started understanding that that wasn't giving me joy any longer, that serving other people was giving me joy that I started to gravitate towards that, that my heart and my spirit really wanted to be a part of that. And I allowed that to happen in my life. Now, was that an, was that an easy road? No, it was not. Was that a, was that difficult? Yes, it was because I was moving out of something I knew for, for a very long time into something very unknown. And I didn't understand what that would look like. And so, uh, it, it was difficult at times, but I'm going to tell you that that's where the joy and the abundance really started to come. The joy and the abundance was really helping other people and serving other people and, and making time for other people uh, and, and telling people what's really was the life-giving change in my own life, which was dis- discovering Jesus. And so I, I think, though, that you know, if you're really stuck, guaranteed you're not happy. If you're really stuck, guaranteed you're, you're in that rut and you're depressed. If you're not guaranteed you are, you know, you know, really searching for the meaning because you're, you, what's happening is, is there, there's a disconnect between your spirit and your purpose and what you're gifted with. And when your spirit is not connected with the gifting that God has given you, then all of a sudden you feel lost in a lot of ways. And, and that's what happened to me. And that's why I had to make a change. That's what happens to everybody because, you know, eventually that, that, that becomes too much to bear. All right, becomes too much to bear, and you have to change your direction. And so, changing direction, though, like I said before, is not easy. Changing direction can be very difficult. And it's and someone said, you know, but how do you, you know, how do you uh, 
you know, you're a pastor and you're in that sort of all the time and that's easier for you. And I said, yeah, it's a little bit easier for me, but not, not, it might not be for you because that might not be your gifting. But what do we do in the secular world when we got a job and do all, we've got all this? I said, well, well, first of all, you know, one thing you've got to do is be prayerful because that not might not be the place you're supposed to be. You've got to be prayerful. You've got to open up the conversation to God. And that's kind of what I did. I mean, I, I I started asking. I started, you know, surrendering. I started being prayerful and in communication with God. Is this really where I'm supposed to be? Show me where I'm supposed to be. Use me now in, in a way uh, that, that will uh, allow me to, to step into my gifts and my purpose. And so you got to be vulnerable to that, first of all, vulnerable to that and, and, and really surrender that to that but then if you are in your gifting and you are then you're going to be excited to get up and go to work you're going to be excited to do the things you do but it's there that you have a little bit of a harder time because it's there that you really do have to allow be obedient to what god's calling you to do during the day and this is where we really find the person that's in the secular world world struggling because they've got the meetings, they've got the family, they've got the responsibility, they've got deadlines, they've got all these things. And all of a sudden what happens is hearing God say stop for another person, hearing God say stop to listen to another person, hearing God say stop and give of your resources sort of becomes, it really becomes tuned out and almost non-existent. And, and this is the key, is that most people, although God's voice is there, although God's gifting for your life is there, have scheduled their lives out of it. And that's the truth. Nine times out of ten, when I deal with people in depression who are struggling with life, struggling with meaning of life, it's not that they don't love Jesus. It's not that they're, you know, have are turning away from the faith. It's that they've scheduled themselves out of the faith. They've scheduled themselves out of a relationship with Jesus and scheduled themselves out of a relationship with their gifts and purpose, which ultimately fulfill their life. And so, I mean, you got to think about it for a second. Look, man, how often do you take time to serve another person in your week? How often do you take time just to go worship? How often do you take time just to, to give of your resources? How often do you take time to be alone and study and, and speak to God? And all of a sudden, all of these things become critical. If you're answering, I don't, I don't, I don't, well, then you got it's, it's not a God issue. It's not a, even a gifting and purpose issue. It's a you issue. It's a scheduling issue. And you cannot expect for your gifts to come alive. You cannot expect for your relationship with God to come alive if you've scheduled him out of your life and there is the, there's a huge problem there that we schedule our our, our lives uh, away and, and and we are wondering at that point why is life not uh, full and and fun and and you know fulfilling it's because we're scheduled it with all the things that are not full and fun and fulfilling, you know, we've scheduled our purpose right out of our lives. And so I, I think that's it. It's part of it. You know, at least look at your schedule, how you, t- how you scheduling your life, look at what you, f- look at what you do every single day and have you found time in that day to do exactly what we've just been talking about, to, to, to pour into your gifts, to pour into your, uh, you know, into your spirit, to pour into your relationship with God. And if you haven't, then that's probably a huge, huge thing that you need to get a hold of. And then the second thing is you're going to have to have the courage to take a leap, okay? You're just going to have to take the courage. If you're not in a place 
that is fulfilling to you, I'm going to tell you right now, you can get up every day for the rest of your life and you can wake up and think today's going to be a better day, but it's not. I'm going to promise you that because that system that you're in is created perfectly to give you the same results every single time. And so you've got to make a decision. Is this the way I want to live the rest of my life? I only got one or do I want to go out and take a chance? Now, look, I mean, I've had to start over two or three times, but, um, you know, starting my church last five years have been difficult, but starting my church has been the greatest thing I've ever done in my life, you know, because I built it with my own two hands with my partner, Sherry, and who is now my wife. And I, I let God truly shape it. It was something that was shaped by God from scratch. Wasn't shaped by another pastor. Wasn't shaped, shaped by another system. Wasn't shaped by tradition or old ideas. It was shaped scratch from God's heart. And, you know, there, there was where God said, you know, this isn't going to be, we already knew these weren't going to be mega churches or huge churches like we had served in the past. We knew these were going to be small family churches where people gather to create community and do two things powerfully. That's to worship, to hear the word of God, and then to go out and serve people. And that's as simple as that. And so, uh, I, yeah, has that been difficult? Yeah, sure it has. But I wouldn't change it for the world. I wouldn't change it for anything. I'd go right through the fire again for it. I'd, I wouldn't change any of In fact, I, I wouldn't change any of my decisions over the last 10 years, except maybe for going into the system I went into 25 years ago. I probably wouldn't have done that. Um, in fact, I knew at the very beginning of me going into that system and denomination, I wasn't created for it. I was supposed to start my own church, and yet I, I did what was easy. Uh, I did what was simple. And, um, you know, I found myself stuck in a lot of ways as as people feel all day long stuck. And how do I get out? I can't get out. And uh, so I just worked harder in it and, and was very successful in it for, for, for about 25 years. But, uh, you know, I, I think there is where each of us must ask that question, okay, of ourselves. Am I really using my gifts and purposes? And people are going to go, well, what are they? Well, you, how do I know what they are? Well, it's simple. What, what, what do you love to do? I mean, what are you passionate about? What, I mean, you're not, I mean, I'm, I'm passionate about sitting on a beach, drinking a pina colada and, and watching the waves go by. Yeah, we can all be passionate about that, but that's not your gift and purpose. What gives you life and what gives you meaning? And if you can discover, if you can ask yourself that, what is that deep down inside? For some, it's that I should have been a, a, a music writer, but I didn't want to be a starving artist. So I, I started doing something I really wasn't happy with, made, made a lot of money, but never really happy. Some of it was, you know, I want to be a painter. Some of it, some should have been an actor. Some should have been a, a missionary. Uh, some should have uh, been a, a social worker. Some should have dedicated themselves to, to teaching uh, people how to sign, do sign language. You know, who knows what it was, but whatever it is, it's still in you. And, and sometimes, you know, it, it changes because you age and you change. But there's still something that God's speaking to you to do and to become a part of and, 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 and to really fulfill your life. And, you know, that, so it, it's, it's not that you have to go be a priest and, and, wear sandals and go sell everything and and go roam the earth and 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 you know do do any of that and and be a wandering prophet no if you're not called to do that but if you are go get your sandals if you are go get your cane if you are be ready to 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 have a 
you know, a, a difficult life, but a difficult life, man, for some it would be. But if you were called to be a prophet, pastor, a priest, man, it'll be the most glorious thing you've ever done. It has been in my life. But see, I couldn't stand being a doctor. I couldn't stand being a stockbroker. I couldn't stand being a banker or a lawyer. Uh, but there are other people that are called to do those things because it is their purpose. It is their gifting. So uh, you've got to find your lane and really pursue it with all the passion that you possibly can. And uh, I promise when you do, amazing things will happen to your life. Um, but, uh, you know, I- I'd like you to really think about this one. I'd like you to really think about this one because this is a scary one. This is the one that, that, that upends families. And, you know, I'll never forget third Close Encounters of the Third Kind. You remember that movie back in the day, Richard Dreyfuss, Steven Spielberg? And, uh, you know, this kid, this guy just is minding his own business. An E.T., a UFO shines his light on him at the beginning of the movie, and, and he can't get this vision out of his head like he's being called for something. Like he has, you know, like nothing else matters. And he starts to go crazy in front of his family, but, but, but he's just driven crazy by this vision of this, you know, mountain. You know, then he keeps trying to make the mountain, draw the mountain. There's something about the mountain. He doesn't know what it is or what it means. But then he discovers other people are having these same visions. And, and you know, the point of the movie is they're all being called to this point, this main, this this penultimate experience of, you know, meeting these UFOs and actually going on a trip with them, you know, into space. And they've all been called specifically by them. And so I think that's where it, what it boils down for us. You know, there's something that you just can't get out of your head. There's something you just can't get out of your heart. It might seem crazy. It might seem like, you know, you just, like it's the dumbest idea on the planet. And there are going to be people that are going to try to stop you from doing it. That's a fact. But I guarantee if you pray enough about it, open your heart enough about it and surrender to God enough about it that he's going to show you the right path. And when you land and where you land, no matter how crazy it seems, no matter how insane that idea might be, it will be perfect for you. It might seem, it might seem crazy in the eyes of other people, but it'll be perfect for you. And it might be that you're a farmer. It might be that you're a bricklayer. It might be that you open up brains and, and, or are a biochemist and discover the next cure for cancer. Whatever you do, it will be perfectly suited for who you are and what God's called you to be, and you will be the happiest you've ever been. Hey, listen, I hope that this has uh, landed somewhere on your heart. I hope this has meant something to you today. Hey, listen, keep dreaming and keep dusting off and keep reaching for the stars. We cannot wait to see you again on Dug Up and Dust It Off. Take care. God bless. If you're listening to this message, you've listened to the entire episode of Dug Up and Dusted Off. And for that, we want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We also love for you to share this episode with those who might be interested in this topic that we talked about today. Also, feel free to let us know what topics you'd like to see covered in future episodes. Hey, listen, you can do that by going to www.jimmcrae.tv and leave us a comment and contact us through that website. We'd love to see you next time on Dug Up and Dusted Off, and we hope you have a great week.